Blog Talk Radio. Ignite your life with passion and purpose. Your health, your wealth, your happiness. Make it good. This is Modern Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. A big thank you to Rainbow Grocery, our favorite grocery store here in the San Francisco Bay Area, for being our sponsor, because a healthy body is a sexy body. And speaking of sexy bodies, one of the things that changes for a lot of us over time is that there can be transitions in our lives, whether it's our health, our sex lives, our relationships, our work or things that are big transitions out in the world. Tonight's guest is going to give us a sense of greater clarity and confidence as we face transitions in our lives. And I want to just give you one little geek point of reference. Transitions actually have proven to be scientifically the most difficult thing for a human being to go through, even a positive transition like marriage a new baby a new job a new home all of these things measure very very high on what we call the life stress unit scale and that life stress unit scale says how much we have to adjust which directly correlates get this everybody with your health the higher your score the lower your health rating. So it's important for us to know how to handle health. So I'm really thrilled to have Brenda K. Reynolds back with us. Brenda is a renowned business and change management consultant, a coach, a facilitator who's worked with hundreds of major corporations and nonprofits. Tonight, she's going to tell us about a brand new tool that will help you deal with uncertainty in any area of your life. And here at Modern Love, we know all about love transitions, and we're here to help you make the love transition that will bring you joy and bring you absolute peace in your love life. That's why you can visit us at www.drbrendawade.com or meet me in person at our Modern Love Academy in San Francisco. We have live Modern Love trainings One Saturday per month, anyone is welcome to come. And we also are offering for the first time in years a free teleseminar. So if you're listening live tonight or you catch this show before Wednesday the 28th, on Wednesday evening the 28th, we are doing live a teleseminar called Toxic Love, How Invisible Wounds Sabotage Your Love Life. And joining me will be Dr. Nick Delgado, who's also been a guest here on Modern Love Radio. And Nick is going to talk about how your body changes when those invisible wounds sabotage you, and that in turn will sabotage your sex life. So you're going to learn a lot if you can join us tomorrow live or join us on September 30th for a live full day 
on money with special guests who will be talking about money. We have Neil. Oh, dear, I just blocked her name. It'll come to me in a moment. I'll tell you later. And, of course, we have Otis Buckley. And Neil is a famous author who's written 27 books, writes for Forbes magazine. And in about two minutes, I'll tell you her name. Now, first, let's grab our Ask Dr. Brenda question. Keep your questions coming. This one's a doozy. Dear Dr. Brenda, I'm married to the love of my life. Our 25th wedding anniversary will be here soon. Here's my issue. My husband has grown a beard that I can't stand. It's long, unkempt, makes him look 10 years older, and it's an issue between us. He keeps telling me about the women in his office who like his beard. Well, I'm his wife, and I think he should shave it or at least trim it for me. I am now withholding sex, which is very important to him, until he trims it, and I no longer make eye contact with him because I can't stand looking at him. What should I do? I love him more than anyone else in the world does. He should respect my wishes. A beard too far in Tucson. Oh, Tucson, you, I am sorry. You know I have to give it to you straight, no chaser. You're making a huge mistake. What do you mean you're withholding sex? What do you mean you won't make eye contact with him? Those are control manipulation tactics. They are beneath you, and I hope beneath anyone of our listeners. Instead of doing that, simply tell your husband you love him enough to accept his beard if that makes him happy. And I want you to love every hair and his long beard, because that's what true love is. You accept your partner for who they are and for who they want to be, not who you want to manipulate them into being. So there you go. Manipulation always backfires. You're playing a dangerous game, Tucson. Give it up and love him for who he is. And I'll predict something right now. If you learn to love his beard and stop making it an issue, you won't have this power struggle He'll probably trim the darn thing, but back up. All right, let's talk more about our guests. I can introduce you to Brenda Reynolds. And Brenda, I hear you giggling. Brenda's work is based on the premise that plan A is an illusion. So we need to get good at plan B. And she spells that not the letter B, but plan B-E. Learning how to be with the uncertainty we can cycle through time and time again at work and in our personal lives. She's an inspiring change agent, and she draws on her own extensive personal and consulting experiences. And you can reach Brenda via Facebook or Twitter at BKR Consulting. Welcome back to Modern Love, Brenda. Great to have you here. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure, Brenda. (laughs) Well, we'll have to make the distinction so people can can make clear so i'll be dr brenda you be brenda and we spoke in january about your new book tbd to be determined how to find clarity and confidence in uncertain times now that particular conversation centered on the social reality of president trump's election and the trauma it's caused for about 50 percent of the people in this country maybe more now that we're looking at some very, very difficult issues. And tonight, not only are you going to tell us about the book that just came out, you're also going to let us know about the now what 
Transformation Clarity Card Deck, which is a great tool for anyone who wants to move through life or business mindfully and positively. Now, Brenda, how does the book lead us into finding clarity and confidence in uncertain times? For those who missed our first show in January, tell us about that. The book really looks at the only thing we can control, right, which is ourselves. So whether you're, you're leading a team at work or you're leading yourself because your husband just grew a beard you don't like, the only thing you can control <laughs> is what you're going to do about it. So the book really looks at those decision points that we have and how to make good choices. Yeah, and that is so important. Now, how did you get interested in finding clarity and confidence in uncertain times and making this your life work? Well, you know, I think it went, I think from a time I was young, I was born into uncertainty. I was born to two very young parents who were not planning to have a child. And lo and behold, I I arrived on the scene to a 17-year-old mother and a 19-year-old father. Ah, they were teenagers. They were teenagers. And so, you know, like everybody's life and family, there's just been a lot of those uncertainties in my life. But I've kind of been intrigued by them and curious about them and, you know, what allows some people to move through uncertainty uh, really gracefully and, and why other people make choices that get them stuck. And it just became something that I paid attention to. And even as a little girl, my, my parents would send me into to try to talk my depressed grandmother out of having locked herself into her home. So I, I think mm. I just had a, a gift and an intrigue about it. And then I just found I was pretty good at it, whether it was with business people or my friends or my family and people I coach, that I've just kind of continued in that vein. Wow. But it seems to me that having teenage parents would mean that you basically grew up with your parents and mm-hmm. you probably did have to play a more adult role as you grew up in that family. Absolutely. And it honed, it honed some skills. Wow. It did. Thank you it for did. sharing that. Yeah, thanks for mm-hmm. sharing a bit about your own story. Now, as you moved into adulthood and you felt, mm-hmm. hey, I've got a gift here, how did you begin to shape your skills as an adult and as a professional? Well, you know, it's so much of, of it isn't by design. It's sort of the way things evolve. But I started right out of college. I got my teeth cut teaching junior high school students, seventh and eighth graders. And if you want to walk into a classroom of uncertainty, that's who you walk in with. Junior oh, high God. School that's, <laughs> that's for sure. That is, that is such an interesting age. Everything in their bodies is changing and their minds and their emotions. And up until I can remember being that age. And honestly, I mean, I have to tell you, Brenda, there were times I felt like I was sitting across from myself watching myself behave in a way that was really kind of just out of control, and I couldn't stop it. I didn't know what was wrong with me. Nobody explained hormones to me and that I was basically possessed because of these hormone changes. So so you're in a classroom full of Yeah, you're in a classroom full of kids who are possessed when you're teaching middle school. Then they're possessed, and they also don't want to lean on their parents at that time. They need a lot of guidance and direction. The parents are the last people they want to talk to about this stuff. Exactly right. 
Exactly. And so right. that's why I really gravitated to that age group. It was kind of a place to make a difference because kids really, you know, if you had the right rapport with them, could get, could, you could really support them as a teacher. Oh, wow. And then from so there, you're calling yourself teaching. Go ahead. Then I transitioned um, into teaching adults, uh, traveling the country and teaching at corporations and teaching communication skills to adults in business. And I, I kind of realized it's not a big change. You know, we're just, we just dress a little better. Are you trying to say those adults in business are just teenagers, little junior high school students? <laughs> Yeah, on some level, very much so, even the most right. of them. So, so I feel like, you know, I, I got started in just the right place. I knew if I, could, if I could help make a difference with junior high school students, everything after that would be easy. And wow. so I began working in corporate America, and then from there took my first actual leadership position in corporate America in my late 20s and uh, spent a lot of time doing that before – I went through a lot of life transitions, having my first son, starting my business, going back to graduate school, having my second son, you know, and then life just sort of evolved from one change to the next to the next. And isn't that what life is? So what is it? We all know that life is going to bring these changes. We all actually hope for some of these changes, like having a family, like getting a great job, going to school. Yet, as I said at the top of the show, the research shows that this does actually affect us profoundly, often in a negative way when it comes to our health. So why Mm -hmm. is it that uncertainty shakes us up? What is it about that? I think we, you said this the last time we talked, Brenda, we love control. And in uncertainty, we don't have it. Or we try, we try to get it, but we can't, we, we don't, it's evasive. Um, I still remember, you may relate to this, having our first child, we, we were crazy. We did not know what to do with this little thing, and he was fussy. We brought him home from the hospital, and every light in our house was on, and we kind of stared at him in the bassinet all night long while he slept. We just were on hypervigilance. And we were an anxious mess because we were trying to control this situation, and the more we tried to control it, the worse he got. And I still remember oh, no. my, my I remember saying to my mother, don't come down until the baby's a little bit older. We want to bond with him. And about day two, I called her and said, where are you? Get here immediately. She walked in the door and burst, burst, she burst out laughing. She said, oh, my gosh, turn the lights off. Relax. Chill out. You know, our trying to control that situation was just really making it worse and worse. So yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, that's, you put your finger on something when you said the more we try to control, the worse mm-hmm. it gets, kind of like uh, Tucson at the top of the show trying to control her husband by withholding sex. I mean, come on. Yes. Talk about a recipe yeah. for destroying what sounds like it was a happy marriage for 25 years. So we know that when we lose control, we feel more scared, more anxious. I've certainly mm-hmm. been on that train. You've described yeah. being on the train. I'll bet every single one of our listeners has had at mm-hmm. least three major experiences that they couldn't control, positive or negative. So you say that once we start going down that road of uncertainty, that we go into what you call a transition 
fog. Explain what that mm-hmm. is, Brenda. Well, I think it's the feelings that come along with the transition. They kind of, we don't have a clear view of how to get through this transition or where it's going to take us. We don't have control. And so the fog sets in from the not knowing and from all of the really kind of uncomfortable and pleasant emotions that get stirred up, the anxiety and the grief. And I think that's why the events you talked about end up at the top of that list. And so often, haven't you found that not usually when one of those events on the top of that life list of anxieties hits us, it's usually not just one, but sometimes two or three of them at the same time. Exactly right. They do tend to cluster. And unfortunately, when they do, I was just earlier today talking to someone who went through very, very sadly the passing of her husband. And very precipitously, within a year of her husband passing, she met someone else, got married. Her husband had been quite young when he passed away. She immediately got pregnant, and they had twins. So here she is within a year, within a year of the number one most stressful thing you can experience, which Mm -hmm. is the passing of a spouse. It's number Mm -hmm. one on the life stress unit scale. She gets Mm -hmm. married, which is also in the top 10, has a pregnancy in the top 10, and then doubles down and has twins. So the result of all this is that their marriage was under very, very severe stress. For about the first three years, they barely, barely hung on to their sanity and got through that Mm -hmm. time. So even Mm -hmm. something that was several, you know, one colossally terrible thing and followed Mm -hmm. by two positive things, it didn't balance out. So one thing I just want to say is for those who are thinking transition fog, what's the medical cause? Let me say there is a medical cause when we go through stress. Our brains are dramatically affected by stress hormones, cortisol. We lose all the things that make us clear, like serotonin, dopamine, all of those good, feel-good hormones, like for women, estrogen, for men, testosterone. All of that gets suppressed, and we can become cloudy. Our memory can be affected. We can find ourselves making poor decisions. So all of this is medical. You're not bad. You're not crazy. This is how the brain is affected by stress. Now, is there anything good, Brenda, about going through this kind of uncertainty, these very challenging times in our lives? I think the good thing is they do eventually pass. There is usually some gap, some time from one uncertainty to the next. And as time goes by and we look in the rearview mirror and it's only then, that we usually say, wow, how did I do that? And we see that what we did is we grew as a result of it. In fact, that's what I use FOG to mean. It's an acronym for a, a, it's a freaking opportunity for growth. But the freaking part is because it doesn't feel very fun. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, freaking it just opportunity feel fun. for growth. Right. Exactly. Go, oh, crap. Yeah, I guess that's right. You know, I, I look back on, you know, I know you and I both went through divorces at about the same time. And I look yes. back on it. And if somebody speaking said, would you like opportunities for growth? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if someone said, hey, would you guys like to do that again? We'd say no. But looking no, back you. on it, honestly, I mean, the growth I know I've experienced from it, even though I wouldn't have chosen it that way. 
has led me to do the kinds of things we're talking about today. Exactly. Um, I could not agree with you more. You know, when people say to me, oh, you're the modern love doctor, but you've been been divorced, I say, yeah. What makes me an expert at relationships Mm -hmm. is I have failed and I have learned from my failure. And you know what? I can teach you how not to do the things I've done. Now, Brenda, Mm -hmm. would you very quickly, given that we have a lot of people saying they have Trump fatigue and panic with all the things that are going on today with the NFL controversy, North Korea escalating with Russia, revelations, the fights over health care, who gets to have it, who doesn't. How do we deal, just from your own very, very cogent advice, how do you recommend that people deal with the Trump fatigue, deal with Mm -hmm. this barrage of things that we're seeing in the news? What would you recommend? Well, you know, one of the things I write about is the three choices that we always have. One is, can I do anything about it? So can I change it or influence this in any way? And there are people who this is really inspiring to do something about it. The second one is, can I accept it, (laughs) Um, at least for now? And if you can't accept it, then you got to figure out how you're going to get out of it. And, And that might be just being strategic about how much of it you let in, how often you tune into the news, how many breaks you take from it. I mean, though, there, there are choices we have about it. And, and I confess there are times when for my own well-being, I need to shut it down for a while. Absolutely. And then I can go back at it. I agree with you 100%. I want to back you up on that. Because if you're watching the news and it makes you feel anxious, again, mm-hmm. too much anxiety, too much cortisol bathing your brain and in your bloodstream, not good, a recipe for things that aren't good. So, Brenda, tell us about these fantastic new cards you've created. How do they work? Well, they, the way they work is, you know, when you go through uh, a transition or uncertainty, because it's not always pleasant, you kind of wish the answers would just show up in the palm of your hand. And so these cards are like the answers showing up in the palm of your hand because it's, it's information that can help you. It's, it's uh, actions that, that you can take. It's inspiration, quotes that may inspire you during that time. And so, you know, people are using them in any number of ways. They, they just sort of pull a card and focus on that card for the day or post it on their refrigerator or their computer or share it with other people. Um, teams who use them and pull cards and talk about the significance to them as a, a, maybe a business team in transition versus, you know, folks like you and me who just look at them and say, what does, what significance does this card have for me? And maybe this is the one I need to focus on right now. Hmm. Wow. So you pick the card at random. Is that how it works? That's one way you can do it. I thought we could play with you if you want to, and you trust me, I could shuffle okay. the deck here. Okay, we just go right ahead. We have a few minutes left, and we'll make use of it. All right. So um, let's just pick a color. Let's go with one here on the top. It's an inspiration card. Okay. And... An inspiration card 
that says, the barn's burnt down, now I can see the moon. Ah, that's beautiful. That's very, very beautiful. And I totally take that in, and I'll share what that brings up for me with everyone, that as things are incoming, even though in the moment, and I had this come up for me recently, of dealing with what felt like a really huge betrayal at the hands of a very close friend and a betrayal that has huge ramifications for me in my life. And I had to sit with it and sit with the pain. And I'll be honest with you, Brenda, it took me about two weeks, maybe three, to be able to even talk about it without crying. That's how deeply it affected me. But each moment of every day I said to myself, whatever this change is going to mean at the end of the day, as painful as it is, whatever challenges I have to face, somehow something good is going to come mm-hmm. of this. Now, I don't mm-hmm. see the good yet, trust me. Right. What I see right, right. now is a, a pretty challenging road, but I know, and the reason I know this and I want to share this with everyone, is every difficult challenge we go through has in it, as Brenda says, the fog, the freaking opportunity for growth. But we have to be aware that that seed is there, and I'm already looking for it. I'm already expecting it. And that in itself is a power. To expect something good means that we're putting right out there that energy that's like a magnet to expect something good to come. Doesn't mean it isn't painful. This has been very, very, very painful for me. However, right. I'm expecting good. So, Bren, we only have a few minutes. Tell us if you could give the best advice for those who are in transition. We have people among our listeners, I know we do, who are facing health challenges, who are facing mm-hmm. job challenges, who are facing, of course, because we're Modern Love Radio, relationship challenges. What would you say to them right now? That you move through it one step at a time, that you can only see so far forward. So focus on those things right in front of you that you can, that you can control, that you can take action on, and then wait for the next steps to show up because they will. And you're going to navigate, you know, you're going to build that bridge as you walk on it to the other side. And so that's how we get now, control certainty. Are there things people can do as they're walking across the bridge that make it easier? Sure. I think it's easier to not compare yourself to other people. I think it's easy to make sure you don't get too hard on yourself and, sh- you know, should all over yourself. You should, you should do this. You should know that. Yes. Um, One of my mentors, you know, uh, Dr. Virginia Satir, used to say, thou shalt not should on thyself. And exactly. I completely subscribe to it. So don't compare. Don't should on yourself. And you know what it could have should is, in other words, everybody. What else, Brenda? I think the other thing is to just be authentically your, be, be your authentic raggedy self is what I call it. I think the world, while we walk around too much trying to pretend everything's great when it's not, and we don't do ourselves or anybody else a favor. So I think short of over-focusing and over-sharing, being authentic about 
our situations with each other can really create support systems that we especially need during those times. If no one knows you're going through it, they can't help you. And once we allow ourselves to bring those walls down, you'd be shocked at what people will share from their experiences that could be helpful to you. I'm so glad you said that because the research does show, and everybody knows I'm going to geek out for 10 seconds, that one of the most important things when you go through a challenging time is to talk about it and get support. Mm -hmm. It's when we feel alone and feel we've got no one to turn to that we start to unravel and maybe make Mm -hmm. decisions that make it even worse. So, Brenda, you get the last minute. Leave us with a thought. Now, first, tell everyone the name of the book, the cards, and where they can get them. Very quickly, please. Okay, the name of the book is TBD, To Be Determined, Leading with Clarity and Confidence in Uncertain Times. And the card deck is called the Now What? Transformation Clarity Card Deck. And they are both available on my website, bkrconsult.com. And the book will be available on Amazon any day now. Great. We have to leave it there, Bren, only because we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. It's Brenda K. Reynolds. And again, that's bkrconsult.com. Grab the book. Grab the cards. Huge thank you to LeGrand Green, our executive producer, to Cliff Dunning, our associate producer, and to all of you modern lovers, thank you so much for joining us. And go to drbrendawade.com. Or hit me back on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Dr. Brenda Wade, for daily inspiration. Blessings. Have a great week.